This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to the next episode of ACC Tailgate. This is our second episode. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you've had a good week. Hope you're all fired up for a big weekend of ACC football. I know I am. I'm actually fired up for several reasons, so we'll get into that. The main reason I'm fired up, one, is because I'm thrilled that so many of you watched the first episode of the show. I'm thankful for each and every one of you that got to tune in. Um... I'm also thrilled because, believe it or not, so the quality on the last episode, both visual and audio, was a little eh. So my web, because I'm doing this on a webcam right now, um, and my laptop is kind of old, and so I haven't really gotten to play around with the webcam yet. I just assumed it was just that bad because if you go back and watch the first episode, which you can do, uh, right here on the Chris Landy, Chris Landry Twitch channel. Um, you'll notice it's very grainy and almost kind of like black and white. Um, and I just naturally assumed my webcam was that bad and I didn't mess around with it. But I maybe an hour before the show, I started messing around with it a little bit, the settings. And it turns out, we. I mean, it's still kind of off a little, but you can actually see that I am tan. You know, I'm not white as a ghost. There is color in my room. I'm not in a black and white video. So that's thrilling. And the audio also, and this one was on me. This one wasn't the computer's fault. So the audio on the last episode wasn't kind of up to where I wanted it either. uh, Because so I had a lot of things going on. Uh, you know, trying to trying to make sure everything was good to go for the show, you know, kind of uh, adrenaline and things like that. So I had to watch a video for something on YouTube before I did the show last week or earlier this week. And in order for me to hear the audio uh, on the video I was watching on the computer, I had to unplug my my microphone. So so now we've actually got good clear audio and it doesn't sound like, you know, it's muffled and it's coming through a webcam mic because that's what we were working with last week. So I'm thrilled about that. I'm thrilled to have you in. Um, and I'm also thrilled about a big weekend worth of ACC football. Uh, you are working with, obviously the big one is Clemson. Um, uh, 
Clemson and Miami. That's that's the big one. That one's going to be on ABC uh, tomorrow. That's the big one because we're all really curious to see, you know, can Miami actually get it done against Clemson? Clemson's going to be at Miami. Um, that's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, Clemson does not lose much. In fact, they're about 72-5 and five since 2015, and I don't know if you keep up with such things, but that ain't too shabby. Um, so the odds are obviously in Clemson's favor. However, you know, Miami – I actually think I saw a stat uh, the other day where Miami uh, – I actually think it's been a while since Clemson's played at Miami, and I don't think they've ever beat Miami when Miami was at home. I think that's what I heard. So – Maybe those odds could play into Miami's favor. Maybe not. We shall see. But not only is there a packed weekend of ACC football, we should all be, all of us, all of us ACC fans, no matter who you support, we should all be thrilled because right now ACC football is, I, I, I don't want to use the word pretending, but ACC football is acting as if it's ACC basketball right now because we all know that ACC basketball is the flagship. It's the standard, you know, and, you know, some SEC teams, obviously you got your Kentuckys and things like that. But for the most part, the whole conference as a, as a whole conference, I mean, the ACC is the cream of the crop in foot in, uh, in basketball. And they're acting as if they were that in football at this point, we've got five ranked nationally ranked in the top 25 teams I believe for the first time ever, uh, you got obviously number one, Clemson, Notre Dame at number five. You got number seven, Miami. You got number eight, UNC. And then you obviously have number 19, Virginia Tech. UNC and Virginia Tech are going up against each other tomorrow as well. That's actually, so I've got a list. I've got all, so you got, you got Miami at Clemson, or excuse me, you got Clemson at Miami, Virginia Tech at UNC. Uh, you've got NC State at UVA. You've got Louisville at Georgia Tech. You've got Florida State at Notre Dame. You've got Pitt at Boston College. You've got Duke at Syracuse. Big shout out to Syracuse because uh, the first follower follower on Twitter that I actually got through doing this show, a uh, dude named Peter Berg, followed me on Twitter. So big shout out, Peter. Big shout out to Syracuse football. I actually hope they stomp Duke because. I am a UNC fan, and I want to see Duke get driven into the ground. Love David Cutcliffe as a human being. Want to see them actually get driven and smacked into the ground by the Syracuse Orange. So that would make me feel nice and fuzzy on the inside. Um, But yeah, you've got those seven, I believe that's seven games that you're working with this weekend, and a few of those are really, really not just in the ACC, but just on a national stage, really big games. I mean, we already talked a little bit, of, and we'll, we're going to go into um, we're going to go into a few of them more in depth as we as we get going. But this is just kind of the headline type stuff. You know, obviously Clemson, Miami is a big one. UNC, Virginia Tech's a big one. I don't know about you, um, but in my own personal opinion. Uh, I think NC State and UVA is interesting because UVA got just got smacked by Clemson last week. Um, meanwhile, though, on the other side, NC State 
is actually pretending to act like a football team for the first time in a little while. Um, I'm concerned a little bit about the expectations uh, that are going to be surrounding Devin Leary, the NC State quarterback. That because that was actually a big re- that was a big part of the dysfunction last year for NC State. I mean, there's a lot of different variables to it because that's how it goes when you have dysfunction. There's more than one thing, but a big reason for it was because they didn't know who they were starting at quarterback. They had like three guys. I don't remember them all now, but I remember Darren uh, Devin Leary was in the mix, um, and they just it was uh, one of the three guys was in like every other week, and no, you just didn't have the go-to guy or the main guy that if like you just didn't have that. It was just a constant rotation, and they were really never able to get anything going. Um, but Devin Leary got a big win against a ranked team. Uh, last week so that's going to be interesting you know they beat Pitt uh big win for NC State they're now two and one uh going up against UBA this week uh on the road so we'll get into that a little bit more in a little while also other things going on in the sports world you know LeBron is probably about to win ring number four tonight we might get into that because I told you last week I'm very improv you know this is mainly an ACC show, you know, uh, football, basketball, baseball, because ACC tends to have good baseball as well. Uh, if you pay attention to such things, I mean, ACC has really good baseball. Let me put an emphasis on really good, um, not just kind of good. Um, but no, I mean, we're going to be all over the place, you know, venture out of the ACC a little bit because we all love other types of sports as well. You know, LeBron's probably about to win ring number four tonight. Uh, Tom Brady forgot what planet he was on last night when the Buccaneers lost to the Bears. I've, uh, and that's been kind of the main discussion of the day. Uh, you know, is it his fault? Is it Bruce Arians' fault? Is it some alien's fault, an outside force that just got into Tom Brady's body for a few seconds and then left? Uh, some people thought, and let me actually throw this one out there. Because I I have an opinion on this, uh, some well some people and said people I'm not going to mention any names because I'm not about that you know he said she said BS but some people think that you know some of the hits one in particular I think where Tom Brady took a really hard hit from Khalil Mack go figure because it's Khalil Mack. And he, you know, pounded his head into the ground pretty hard. And that was an excuse that was tossed around today as to why maybe Tom Brady forgot that it was fourth down and not third down, which is what he thought it was uh, at the time of the play. And then shortly realized that it was indeed fourth and then a turnover on downs. I don't know. And, and people thought maybe he's got concussion symptoms during that play and he was a little woozy. Like, eh, is that really where we're trying to go? Like, I swear, and this was this has kind of been on my mind a little bit today as I've kind of listened to some of this stuff. The lengths that people will go. Could you imagine a world where people defended LeBron James, the same way they defend Tom Brady. And I'm actually going to get into this rant since it's fresh on my mind right now. It's not a long rant, 
But it's just something that was kind of on my mind today, and then we're going to get into some of these ACC games and other things that are going around uh, in the sports world. Um, yeah, could you imagine a world where people defended LeBron the way they defend Tom Brady? Like, I swear, and, and again, I'm a little bit hypocritical on this because I really didn't like, I'm not, I don't like the Patriots, which is why it hurts me so much that Cam Newton went to the Patriots. But at the same time, I really want to see him do well and kind of stick it to the Panthers and the whole league just for the way they, you know, the Panthers specifically, because they were the ones that, you know, that's who he was playing for, obviously. And that's my team and Cam's my favorite player. And I just didn't like how they handled him. You know, I, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that was just so angry about it, but I did, it, it definitely didn't look good. And I didn't like the way they handled him. They could have done that a little bit better, especially for somebody who gave nine years to that franchise. So it was difficult. I definitely like the Patriots a little more now. It's very difficult to root for, but I do root for them to win with Cam because I want to see Cam do well. If Cam wasn't there, I could give a crap less about the Patriots. And when Tom Brady was there, I could not stand the Patriots. Now, obviously, I I hate – I love to hate the Dallas Cowboys. That's like my most hated team in the NFL and maybe in all of sports other than Duke. But, uh, no, it's so it's it's hard for me to root against the Patriots like that with Cam as the quarterback just because I want Cam to do well. But I was never really a fan of Tom Brady until he left the Patriots for the reasons I just described. Uh, he's really a good dude. Like he's a class A. Like if you actually, you know, when you if you take if you are if you're a Patriot hater or you're a Tom Brady hater, like if you actually take those goggles off you're going to find that Tom Brady is a really good dude. He's a really smart dude. He's a very genuine dude. And he's just a he's a great role model and a, and a successful human being. I mean, forget football player. He's just a successful human being. I mean, he's a great football player who isn't – and to that point, he's a great football player that isn't really that athletic at all. Like, I don't know if you play Madden. But good luck trying to run with him in Madden because you might as well be walking backwards. That's how slow he, he is. So he's able to take that, his you know talents, which his talent is throwing the football. It always was. It was never his physicality. I mean, you saw his draft pictures you know, at the combine. We all saw that. Um, but the fact that he was able to take that and win six Super Bowls that says something about him. And it's, and you know, if you actually study him and I love to study successful people. So this, you know, I, I bought his, I bought the audio book of his book, TB 12, the TB 12 method, just because I like to study successful people because, you know, that's the type of life that I aspire to live. And so, you know, I want to study people like that and see what they did and how they got to where they are. Uh, but no, I mean, Tom Brady, great human being, However, the thing that bothers me is that I feel like he's a little overprotected by the media that not everybody in the media, I don't like to put them all in one bucket, but the certain Tom Brady's just apologists is what I call them, Tom Brady apologists, because the next day on whatever show they're on or whatever it happens to be that Tom Brady stinks up the joint. 
it's always for some other reasons. You know, last and and I think this this is the point that makes me think about LeBron is because last year Tom Brady did not. I mean, I love how Colin Cowherd describes it uh, when he well he was talking about Carson Wentz and the Eagles, but this was really kind of the case with Tom Brady and the Patriots last year and. I mean, they didn't really have much turnover as far as personnel other than, you know, Cam and other things like that. So they're really kind of working with the same weapons. Cam's working with the same weapons Tom Brady was. But Tom Brady was working with deck furniture and lawn chairs for receivers, really. Uh, I mean, he didn't – I mean, Edelman I, – I, I actually kind of think Edelman's better than a lot of people give him credit. But he didn't have he, – he didn't really have much to work with. And when you're not – a runner like Cam is, so he's got other weapons that he can use, aka his legs. But Tom Brady didn't have that. If and he didn't even have average speed. He's slow. He didn't he doesn't even have average speed to work with. He is slow. So when you're when you don't have legs, you know, James White, good solid running back, he had that, but and obviously a, one of the best defenses in the league last year, and again this year too. But when that's all you've got, like but the point, the point, I was rambling a little bit. The point there was everybody defended Tom Brady last year for not having any weapons. And he didn't. He didn't. It's valid. But when LeBron was in Cleveland and Kevin Love and Kyrie were both hurt against when the first uh final uh the first Cavs Warriors finals matchup took place. I think that was in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. It was either that or 15. Some people recognize that, hey, he didn't have much to work with since his other two stars were out. And then, God, the fourth year when the Warriors just swept through them because, I mean, Kyrie had gone. They had George Hill. They had uh, Jordan Clarkson. Uh, did not, you know, Tristan Thompson wasn't really the beastie Tr- Tristan Thompson anymore. wasn't playing like that. You didn't hear as much defense of LeBron trying to work with those type of weapons as you heard about Tom Brady and his weapons. So that's a long rant, longer than I planned, but I just think Tom Brady is a little over-defended. He's a little, you know, I didn't like how in the first week of the season, Bruce Arians, uh, you know, he kind of told, he basically, in Bruce Arians' press conference, when he kind of went at Tom Brady a little bit and said a lot of this fault was on him, and everybody just acted like, no, you can't say that about the GOAT. You can't say that about Tom Brady. And I'm thinking, why? The very fact that he is the GOAT and has had has had the success that he's had is why he should be able to take criticism and constructive criticism. That is factual. That's the very reason. So, I, anywho, um, yeah. So, could you imagine a world where Tom Brady – where LeBron was defended the same way that Tom Brady and really kind of Michael Jordan to a degree are defended. So I guess that's my opening rant. Uh, I told you I'm improv and this could go anywhere, but you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going on. And, you know, I just think it's interesting how many excuses people can come up with that Tom Brady just simply forgot and made a mistake. I mean, he just forgot it was fourth down. Made a mistake. We all do. This is a prime example. Even the best of us make mistakes. And don't judge yourself for it. Please don't judge yourself for making mistakes. Um, 
so yeah, let's get into let's get into some of these ACC games. I'm going to start off with Clemson Miami because obviously that's the big one. It's the primetime game. Uh, you know, Clemson is Clemson is same old, same old, same crap, different toilet as I like to call it. Uh, but it's it's a fact. I mean, you hear it. I mean, we've we've already been hearing it. You know, can we just fast forward to the Clemson Bama finals already? Um, which you know, without a powerhouse of an LSU to deal with from either of those teams this year, Clemson and Bama doesn't have to deal with LSU, and so and Oklahoma is not Oklahoma like this year. And so you know, I, I think you're going to see a good old fashioned. Clemson Bama matchup in the national championship this year. That's my opinion uh, from afar early. And we'll see. I mean, there's still some time left. Um, but yeah, so Clemson is at Miami. And remember, I told you that, um, you know, Miami's never lost. I don't think, I'm pretty sure I heard this fact cor- uh, right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because um, I want to be. I want to be historically correct here, but I'm pretty sure I heard that Miami has never lost to Clemson at Miami's place. Uh, I don't know how long it's been since Clemson's been there, so you know that plays into that as well. I don't know if Clemson's even been to Miami since Clemson's really been Clemson, the Clemson that we know. Um, but there's there's a couple factors, and and this is kind of where I, I jotted some things down uh, as I was doing a little research, and I I kind of wanted to jot down certain factors that could play into each team either winning or losing. So, you know, the points that could make Clemson lose my, you know, I wanted to see like, what are the factors that could tilt the spectrum? Um, Clemson, they're 72 and five since the start of 2015. So getting one over on them is not easy. And the funny part about that is, most of the losses that they've had came in the national championship game, which is just funny. It's just funny to me. Like these, these aren't regular season losses. You know, they they just lost. Oh, I don't know in the national championship to the other best team in the league. You know, whether that's Bama or LSU last year. Like these ain't just regular losses. So you got to factor that in as well. Um, Trevor Lawrence and I actually didn't know this. Trevor Lawrence has not thrown an interception in a year. You know, and Trevor Lawrence was a little suspect at the beginning of last year, if you recall. You know, he had some doubters, uh, especially right around the time that Clemson kind of got off to. And I talked a little bit about this uh, on Monday. You know, there was an asterisk kind of surrounding Clemson all year, you know, amongst, uh, you know, people that cover the ACC and people that cover college football, you know, the the, the committee. Um, there was kind of an asterisk surrounding Clemson because they didn't – they weren't quite Clemson-like at the beginning of last year. Uh, obviously, naturally, because I'm a Carolina fan, the one that sticks out to me the most was the game against you know uh, Clemson when they came to Chapel Hill, and Clemson really they about took an L. They about they about messed around and lost to the Tar Heels, which you know that 
was exciting because I I remember uh, the show that I was interning at at the time. The host of the show had literally bashed Carolina's chances against Clemson all week long. And me, I mean, obviously I'm optimistic, but I'm also practical and realistic as well. Like I realized that Carolina was going up against Clemson, but I mean, you know, Mac Brown, Sam Howell looks good. They got a shot. I mean, you can't just, you couldn't just write them off. And that's what I had to listen to all week. So I actually fairly enjoyed watching that game with him, but then obviously Clemson pulled it out, but it wasn't easy by any means, and Clemson did not look like Clemson. And back to my point about Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he didn't look, you know, much like Clemson didn't look very Clemson-like at kind of the beginning of last year until they really kind of got going. But then, you know, the asterisk of, you know, well, the ACC is the opposite this year and from last year. I mean, they got five ranked teams. We talked about this. You know, it's the most I'm pretty sure that they've ever had ranked in the top 25 in football. And last year, there was an asterisk surrounding one of the best college football teams. You know, one of the best college football dynasties ever, other than Bama, really. Uh, Literally just because, one, they got off to a little slow start. And two, they were in the ACC where the competition was not good last year. I mean, you had... You know, you had Carolina, who was okay. You had Pitt, who played pretty solid. Uh, Virginia Tech finished the year strong. UVA looked pretty damn good at times. But you didn't have you didn't have any Oklahomas. Obviously, you didn't have any – well, you did have an LSU in the ACC that was Clemson. They were the LSU of the ACC. But you didn't – you just – you didn't have any legit contenders not like you do this year. So there was that asterisk around Clemson all year. And so Trevor Lawrence, no interceptions in a year. Um, Some other factors, Clemson in, in four of the five losses. So the 72 and five record since 2015 that they've got in four of those five losses, they've still put up 24, at least 24 points. So not only they hadn't lost much in the last five years. Um, but when they have lost, they're still tough to beat. They're putting up points. They're putting up at least 24 on you in four of those five losses. Um, and, and it really, I think, kind of comes down to, uh, you know, you get certain teams get breaks. I mean, I'm not seeing the teams that uh, beat Clemson. I actually, I didn't, uh, I don't have, you know, who those five losses were. But I do know that, you know, the teams that beat them, you get certain breaks, you get certain explosive runs, and that played a big factor. I do know that in the research that I did. Certain, you know, the teams that were able to pull off beating Clemson, they had the help from no interceptions, not really many turnovers, explosive runs, and they were really just – and, and I actually kind of think about the Titans last year in the playoffs until they ran up against the Chiefs. And, you know, the Chiefs did what the Chiefs do. Uh, you know, you you had to hang with Clemson. I mean, you, you really – you had to hang with Clemson offensively or else you had no shot. Um, you just – you couldn't mess up. You couldn't mess up. And, I mean, that, and that's why uh, – when I when I think about the explosiveness you had to, you have to have to keep up with Clemson and the offense, 
the reason I think about the Tennessee Titans last year in the playoffs, and I guess late in the season leading up to the playoffs, the reason I think about them is because, I mean, listen, I'm not sold on Ryan Tannehill. I don't, I did not think he deserved, deserve isn't the right word because he did earn it because he did play well in the playoffs. I don't think he is worth what he's getting paid. I don't think he's worth the contract that he got just because he went on a good run. I mean, Blake Bortles went on a good run and I'm pretty, and he's not, he's nowhere to be found. I think he's with, I think he's with the Rams in a backup spot now, but Blake Bortles had his moment in the sun. He had his nice little run and we'll see you later. So he went back to being Blake Bortles. So, uh, and then obviously, I mean, obviously the Titans haven't played. They didn't play this past week against the Steelers because of uh, COVID and they had to halt that real fast. But I don't know. I just, I don't, I, they're, the Tennessee Titan. Oh, their coach, by the way, I do love their coach. I think he's, I think he's got a bright young future uh, in the NFL, but I just don't think the Titans had a ton. I mean, they, they didn't have Chiefs, Rams a couple years ago with their offense, and now you're kind of seeing the Rams reboot it a little bit this year and kind of get it going again, which I had a feeling they would. They didn't have those type of weapons to work with. They didn't even really have the type of weapons, which is laughable to me because I love to watch the Cowboys lose and just choke every year, even though they're supposed to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, and they should be 0-4 if the Falcons weren't the meme of the NFL. But that's a conversation for another day. The point is, they didn't have these glossy, sparkly, shiny weapons that many of the top dogs in the NFL had. But what they did have was a monster and a running back named Derrick Henry. And back to the explosion thing to keep up with Clemson, this is why I think about this. Because Derrick Henry was a big reason why the Titans were were able to get that punch that propelled them all the way to the AFC championship game. And they gave themselves a decent shot to win that game. And then the chiefs and Mahomes just, you know, snapped the finger and turned on the light switch and just said, yeah, we've seen enough. Bye-bye. And you know, the rest is history, but no, I mean, so Derek Henry was that explosion for the Titans, and that is what Miami is going to have to try and come up with to beat Clemson, and that's what any team that has, you know, the, uh, the five losses that Clemson has gotten since 2015, that's what they've had to do in all but one where Clemson hasn't scored at least 24 points. Now, Miami has a good shot to do that because – their quarterback has yet to throw an interception. So that obviously helps. Now, uh, I'm going to knock on wood for Miami, uh, you know, because I would like, I always like to see, you know, when Carolina is not playing or a team's not playing Duke and I like to see Duke lose, I always like to root for the underdog because I love the underdog story. Um, I just, I like to watch a good underdog, you know, go at it. And, you know, especially when an underdog is going up against the top dog in Clemson, you know, I kind of like to see, you know, unless my team's that top dog, I kind of like to see the underdog, you know, do a little something and kind of stick it to everybody, even if they don't win. I mean, obviously it's best when they win, but even if they don't win, they just get close enough and kind of stick it to everybody, kind of like the Nuggets 
did it in the NBA this year in the playoffs, kind of like how the Heat's doing, and at least until they got up against LeBron and AD and the Lakers. And that little run's going to end tonight, I think. Um, but yeah, like stuff like that. I would like to see Miami pull this off. It's prime time. Uh, they're one of the ranked teams. So, I mean, they're no slouch, by the way. We were just, I was just talking about underdogs. They're no slouch. I mean, they're one of those five ranked teams and they're in the top 10. It ain't just like, oh, we're on the back. You know, they're not number 19 Virginia Tech where they're just barely in there. They're top 10. They're heading towards top five, especially if they will maybe be top five if they win this game or they're going to be right there at it. I mean, they're number seven. They're right there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they're going to have to try and keep up with Clemson's offense. That's going to be the big factor on whether or not they're going to be able. Oh, and their pass rush. Their pass rush is going to have to try and force some tur turnovers out of Trevor Lawrence. You know, that I think that's been a big thing when Clemson has lost is Trevor Lawrence has had to deal with some major pressure. Um, I know, you know, to that point against Carolina last year when they when Carolina almost stunned Clemson at Chapel Hill. I mean, Carolina's got Chaz Surratt. He's arguably one of I mean, he's arguably one of the best pass rushers in college football. And Trevor Lawrence had to deal with that. And again, that's when Trevor Lawrence was a little iffy and kind of struggling like he hadn't up to that point in his college career. You know, he was having to deal with that pressure from Surratt, uh, and I forget the other linebacker's name uh, for Carolina at the time, but he was no slouch. Um, but you're going to have to pressure Lawrence, and you're going to have to lock down ETN. What you can't have happen, if you're Miami, you can't have Trevor Lawrence doing this little screen stuff and dumping it off to ETN and having him just do a little duck and tuck and just running the, you know, managing the clock, running the clock. You can't, because to the point that Miami is going to have to be explosive, and that means on both sides of the balls, not just the, they got to be explosive on the offensive side of the ball just to keep up, but they're going to have to have some explosion on the defensive side of the ball, or else Clemson's going to manage the clock and they're going to run it out and take it all the way to the finish line and just seal the deal. So you've got to pressure Lawrence, but you got to lock down ETN. Those two things, I really feel if Miami can do those two things and if you if they can lock down Lawrence, lock down ETN, and the third thing, which was the first thing we talked about, was explosively keep up with Clemson's offense because Clemson's going to score points. If they can do those things, I think Miami could pull this off. And then obviously the karma of the fact that Clemson's never beat Miami in Miami, I I'm pretty sure that was what I heard. So we're going to go with that. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. And that karma, along with the other things I just mentioned, that is why Miami could pull this off tomorrow at 3 o'clock on ABC. ABC just got free promotion. Didn't have to pay me a dollar just for the love of college football and great games, specifically for the ACC, because I love to see the ACC do well. Um, so on to my other... I had a few. That was a lot. It's hot in my room right now. Um, so on a, one of my other big games, obviously I don't think it's as big as Clemson, Virginia Tech, but I do think Virginia Tech and Carolina 
is probably the second biggest game going on in the ACC tomorrow. And it's, again, to the similar beat that Miami and Clemson, not only is it a big ACC game, it's just a big college football game in general because ACC has actually got ranked teams now. So fun to say that. Uh, This, I mean, this is a big game just overall in general as well. You know, UNC's number eight. Virginia Tech's number 19. They just got in. Um, And this is really the battle for number two in the ACC behind Clemson, obviously. I mean, Clemson is just that dude. But this is is for who's going to be the team that's kind of on their heels and is just just in the rearview mirror for Clemson. Uh, You know, UNC, Virginia Tech. Obviously, Notre Dame and Miami are in that conversation as well. But Virginia Tech and UNC are going to be going at it. You know, some of the things that I'm thinking about on this one, Virginia Tech's actually going to have to throw the ball. They've a big part of their success up to this point, and I need to remind myself what their record is. Uh, I know Carolina's 2 0. Um, Tech's 2 0. So they're, you know, this is a 2 0 versus a 2 0. So somebody's going to go away with this thing with a loss you know because that's what happens when an undefeated plays an undefeated i know i needed i know you needed me to tell you that to figure that out um but no so you know but a big reason why virginia tech has had this early success and they've gotten into the top 25 is because they've been really good at running the ball the problem though is they're gonna have to throw it That you know they're 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 just gonna have to throw it. I you know I because again uh, you know kind of like how I was just talking about Cle- uh, when Clemson almost got beat by UNC last year. Th- they're gonna have to deal with Chaz Surratt and they're gonna have to deal with that pass rush uh, pass rush of Carolina's. I, I again I forget the other uh, the other guy in that duo for Carolina, but obviously you're gonna have to deal with Chaz Surratt. And Virginia Tech, they just they all they've done for the most part is run the ball. Um, their quarterback, so they're uh, Hendon Hooker, their quarterback, uh, their main dude. He's actually supposed to start. I think he's been in uh, the COVID quarantine and he hasn't had. And, and I think this is why I've kind of got my money, and I, not because I'm a Carolina fan, because these are two really good teams. I just think my money's on UNC on this one because I don't think that Hooker has had enough time with the team to actually gel and practice. And I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say, but it matters. And it especially matters in something like football. I mean, I I played baseball, and, you know, that's a little bit – that's not quite as fast-paced of a game as a basketball or a football. So – you know, I actually think team chemistry and gelling and just kind of knowing what everybody's thinking and you just you've just kind of got that fit going on because you've just done it over and over and over. I, I would argue that it actually matters more in basketball and football than it does anything else because they're so fast paced and they're so fluid and it just it matters more because you have less time to think about stuff and you just need your subconscious to know what to do because of all the reps you've taken and Hooker has not had in my opinion, enough of that because he's had to do the quarantine thing. And he just, I don't think he's gotten the reps that could take down Carolina because he's going to have to be dealing with that pass rush, Chaz Surratt, 
Um, so I, I think that's where Carolina is going to have an edge. I actually, I think Carolina's edge is going to come on the defensive side of the ball more than offensive. You know, Sam Howell as good as he is, and I, as good as I think he is, uh, and I'm sure many of you feel the same, regardless of whether you you know are a fan of Carolina or not, because you just know good talent when you see it. And I and I said this on Monday. I think not this year because of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but I think Sam Howell is going to win a Heisman when it's all said and done. But however, he and the Carolina offense has been slightly disappointing. And this again, where I have to take my objective goggles and put them on, and not my Carolina fan goggles. He uh, Howell and Carolina offensively, they've kind of been a slow start. I mean, they've gotten it done. They're two and zero, but. That win against Boston College last week was not in the bag. That that was not in the bag. It was a. I'm pretty sure that was a one touchdown game. I'm gonna go back and look, but their offense has just been so slow to get started. Um, and I think that's gonna be a big factor. Daz Newsom has not been getting involved enough. Yeah, twenty six. Not even a touchdown. They they beat Boston College twenty six twenty two. So not even a touchdown. I'm pretty sure. Uh. I'm pretty sure Boston College had like a two-point attempt picked off that kind of maybe helped seal the deal for Carolina. Um, but, yeah, they've got to get Daz Newsom more involved because, I mean, he's like their bomb threat, in my, in my opinion. You know, uh, kind of how – I don't know why I'm going to this, but if you're a Carolina Panther fan and you know the state of our team right now, you know that uh, Robbie Anderson, he's our bomb threat. He's our – he's that – and you saw it in week one against uh, – God, who did the Panthers play week one? I don't know. I just got fuzzy on week one Panthers for some reason. Um, But you saw that 75-yard touchdown that Robbie Anderson had. Oh, Raiders. That's who they played. Panthers against the Raiders week one. You saw it. I mean, Robbie Anderson with the 75-yard touchdown from Teddy Bridgewater. Panthers should have won that game, by the way, and that was a little bit of a Matt. I think Matt Rule kind of screwed that one up there at the end. McCaffrey should have ran the ball, but. Back to uh, the the matter at hand, Carolina and uh, Virginia Tech. They've got to get – Daz Newsom is to Carolina – Daz Newsom is to UNC what Robbie Anderson is to the Panthers right now. He's their bomb threat guy. He's the explosive guy that really, I think, gets things moving. I mean, you remember, I'm pretty sure last year it was against UVA that they had that uh, big touchdown game winner. I think it was a walk-off, like in the corner of the end zone. Daz Newsom just had it. I mean, forget just that play. He had an incredible game in general. But he's got to be that guy for them to actually be the legit team nationally, not just in the ACC, but nationally, that Carolina is capable of being. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, but again, those are so those are the things – uh, that I'm thinking about, you know, Virginia Tech. They're gonna have to, they're gonna have to throw it. They're gonna, they're gonna have to throw it because they're gonna have to deal with the Carolina pass rush. Um, but Carolina is also gonna have to figure something out quicker, I think, offensively, because you know this is the best team they've played all year. Um, this is not Boston College, and you know they're gonna have to get Daz Newsom involved. It's 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 literally that simple. Um, so really the only other game that really popped in my head 
uh, as far as it's kind of interesting, and I kind of started off talking about this at the beginning of the show, it was NC State against UVA. And for a couple of reasons. One, UVA, I don't know, uh, let me see what their record is. UVA, they're one and one. NC State's two and one. Uh, UVA's, I mean, obviously they're not ranked. Um, you know, they've kind of had a tough go of it, uh, which, you know, you can't really blame them because ever since the ACC title game where they got smacked by Clemson, well, it just so happens that the team they, they that they got smacked by this past week was Clemson again. So you can't really fault them for that. So I'm actually kind of curious to see how UVA does playing against somebody who's, oh, I don't know, not Clemson and not just a college football juggernaut. Uh, I'm curious to see how that works out for them and how they actually are able to respond. That one, It's interesting on a lot of different levels because of that for UBA, you see if they can kind of pick up, pick up the pieces a little bit, but it's also interesting for NC state on the other end um, because NC state actually has this little thing called expectation. Now, not nationally, not, you know, that they're going to make some type of run, but for an interesting, nice little maybe run in the ACC, They've got a little bit of an expectation now because they knocked off ranked Pitt last week, which was a surprise. And I and you know to that point, not only is NC State going to have a little bit of expectation now to see, all right, you beat a ranked team. Let's see how you follow that up. But not only that, as the team is concerned, but Devin Leary, the quarterback who was you know responsible for that upset against Pitt last week, he's also got some expectations as well. And I'm curious to see how he's going to handle that. Um, NC State historically, and it's kind of fun as a Carolina fan. You know, obviously we, uh, you know, obviously as Carolina fans hate Duke, but we also enjoy razzing the heck out of NC State fans too because you know they're like, ever since the cardiac pack, and you know, you know Philip Rivers when he was playing football for NC State, and you know Russell Wilson, he didn't really get going until he got to Wisconsin, but that. Uh, but he did start out at NC State. Uh, but NC State tends to be allergic to expectations to do something. You know, I don't know. And, and a, a brilliant, in my opinion, a perfect example of that was last year for, the, for basketball, NC State basketball. You know, they would literally come out and smack Duke. I was there for that one at the PNC Arena. They smacked Duke. The whole game, for the most part, it wasn't a close game by any means. I mean, Markel Johnson went off hitting half-court shots. I mean, NC State smacked Duke that game. But then the next game, I don't remember who they played, but I'm pretty sure the next game, now that they and, – and that was in the midst when they smacked Duke like that. That was in the midst of them trying to get into the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, some, they, they had to get those wins, and that was a big one against Duke at home. And then they turned around, and, and I'm pretty sure this was in the back half of the season. But and then they turned around, and I don't remember who they played, but I'm pretty sure it was somebody who was like in the bottom, like the bottom couple in the ACC. And they turned around and lost that game convincingly. Again, I don't remember who it was they played, but just that thesis alone, you know, it's like NC State gets a little something, and then they tend to just fumble it away. So I'm curious to see how they react this week after beating Pitt. They've got some expectations now since they beat a ranked team. 
And, you know, UVA is a team who's trying to get a little something going and pick themselves up a little bit. So both teams are going to be kind of motivated to do something and kind of get something going here. Um, UVA, they've had a problem with turnovers a little bit. So that's going to kind of be interesting to see, you know, how they're able to manage the ball. Um UVA's rush defense on the other side of the ball, they've only allowed they only allowed 56 yards against Duke when they won that one. Um, that's their one win on the season. They only allowed 56 yards rushing on the ground against Duke. So, you know, I'll be kind of curious to see, you know, how they're able to maintain NC State, Devin Leary. You know, again, those expectations. Uh, you know, UVA, they've struggled with turnovers, but they have – Luckily for them, you know, and they've only got two games this year to work with, you know, that to show for it, you know, smacked against Clemson and they um, they beat Duke. But while they've had they've had struggles maintaining control of the ball, they have been able to kind of pick it up on the other end and force turnovers to kind of balance it out. So that helps. So, but they're you know they're going to have to clean it up and NC and you don't you never know NC State might. Just say screw history. We're gonna roll in here with some momentum. We just beat Pitt. We just beat a ranked team. We're gonna roll in here and uh, kind of keep this thing going. So there's a lot. I don't want to say there's a lot at stake because it's so at stake for NC State. It's kind of a tongue twister. I don't want to say that just yet because that's kind of uh, it's a little too early to say that. But there is a lot kind of in the micro there is kind of a lot on the line here for NC State if they could win this game and kind of keep something going and have a little bit of momentum so to me that's interesting those are kind of the three games that just stood out to me and I kind of wanted to go over that with you today just those points on you know what kind of tallies for each team you know in their favor what their weak points are that could tweak something in the game and shift it a certain way so that's that's just kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, we're about out of time anyway. So, uh, God, there's just so much good football to watch. I just I love the fact that sports are back. Like you, you you know this, and like we're all sports fans here at the end of the day. Um, but man, it feels so good to have sports back. Like there's so much. I was actually talking about this with somebody uh, the other week, last weekend, and it was it's almost like a little overwhelming how much sports there is to watch. You know, you got you got MLB playoffs, which is the majority of most people. That's the main baseball that they watch. They don't watch as much in the regular season. You got college football, you got NFL, you got the NBA playoffs, the finals. And that's probably going to, I would assume wrap up tonight when the Lakers beat the heat in five, um, you know, NASCAR, if you're into that, I think it's, playoff time for nascar if i'm not mistaken but and and tennis you, know, you got the french open you just had the u.s open a few weeks ago so I, there's just after the drought worth of sports that we had you know when coven kind of covid kind of got going over the first handful of months where we just didn't know if we were even going to see sports maybe the rest of the year and a lot of people thought that a lot of people predicted that i wasn't kind of I wasn't on that train where I thought we're not going to get like, I had a funny feeling like something's going to be worked out. And, you know, thanks to bubble situations, we, that was able to happen. You know, you've had a few, a uh, few little 
you know, a few little outbreaks here and there, little mini ones. You know, you had some in the MLB. You've had some lately in the NFL. You know, but again, you know, those are the two that aren't really in bubbles. So that's kind of to be expected. But when you look at who, you know, the, the small percentage of, and obviously you don't want to see it at all. But when you actually look at the small percentage of players that actually tested positive compared to the whole league and the whole shebang, it's actually a really good small number. Um, you obviously you still got to protect yourself from that, but so far so good, I would say. Um, so yeah, that it's just, it's really nice to have all the sports back and it's really, really nice to have a big week of ACC football to watch. Um, and I think that's going to wrap us up today. We're going to be again, Mondays and Fridays, 7 PM Eastern. So we're back here Monday in a couple days. A lot of NFL, a lot of ACC to look forward to. So pop you some popcorn, grill out. It's supposed to be raining here, so ain't ain't nobody going to be grilling out here. But pop you a brew, pour some, whatever it is you do when you watch the game, do it and just live it up because that's what it's all about. One life, man. One life. Live it up. Enjoy yourself. Do what makes you happy. And that's that. So... I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilbur and Gold. You can get me on any social media, Wilbur and Gold, for everything but Facebook, and Facebook is just Will Dalton. Uh, so look me up. I, I'd love to get to I'm, – again, I'm trying to build a community. I want to get to know all of you uh, on a personal level um, as deeply as I can because uh, it's just fun, and it's good. And it's good for the show because, you know, it's nice to kind of have the audience context of, you know, what you guys are liking, what you're not liking as much. You know, I want to know everything so we can make this as good as possible. So uh, hit me up there uh, and continue to watch and subscribe to Chris Landry uh, Twitch channel. Uh, again, 7 p.m. Eastern time, Mondays and Fridays. And until Monday at 7 o'clock, we'll see you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.